Well, hello, Susan. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm good. And uh, here we are for another episode of Everyday Intuition. Did you know that I'm an intuitive who lives in Exeter, New Hampshire? Well, actually, I did know that because I'm an intuitive in training. That's right. You pay, you pay attention. <laughs> and I am detail-oriented. Oh, oh my goodness. And one, I'm looking out my window because our, our new hat that we're both wearing is Birdwatcher. There is yes. a gigantic red-tailed hawk flying around outside my house right now. It looks okay. like an eagle. Listen, in, I know we're in danger of this evolving into a bird watching with Lara and Susan podcast, but we have big news that we must talk about immediately. Yeah, you sent me a text the other day and I was so excited. I was actually very jealous. What did you see in your yard, Susan? I saw a purple finch. So, all right, uh, can you tell? I just came completely undone. Now, the thing is, the bird watching I, um, apps that I use give you the most common form of the bird. And like, for example, I don't know if you know that some woodpeckers that have the red cap, those are young and that that red cap goes away in older males and the females don't have them. So to really ID a bird, you have to know all the different variants of that bird. So. I will say that when I looked down, what I thought I saw was, oh, that must be one of the gazillion types of sparrows. But then I noticed that on its back between where the wings start was red. And mm -hmm. I thought, that's not a sparrow. And so then I started looking at the rest of the bird and purple finches have that kind of red, pinky, maroon color all over the front and the head mm -hmm. and this one didn't have as much of it as I would have wanted and then of course it was moving around and it just always seems like I'm fumbling with my phone and panicking and sending psychic messages to the bird like don't go it just wait just wait right here but I don't know what else it could have been wow I really don't so I'm going with it an immature purple finch is not as pink all over and I have definitely seen juvenile versions of different birds at the feeder. I also, since we've talked, saw a Carolina wren. That was exciting. Oh, I love them. I have one little Carolina wren and they have the cutest little face. So I have the same birds that I've had, but I have a problem a Bruin over here. And it's, it's a Bruin. It's mutant squirrels. And I have this one squirrel. It looks like it's been attacked by something. Like it's got all these scraps of hair missing and like part of its nose is flattened. And I'm like, oh, here comes the mutant squirrel again. But they are crawling up and like opening my suet feeders and taking my suet. So I am getting a water gun. And they and I are having a little come to Jesus moment here. Well, it seems like that mutation has worked in their favor. I mean, <laughs> strategy will be yeah. what brings you to victory. So we are here. This is season two of Everyday Intuition with our theme of breaking through the fog. 
This is episode four, and so far we've talked about what that fog is, how stress impacts the fog, and this week we're going to have some information about how intuitive information arrives via the layering effect. And that's really interesting to me because I think, you know, a lot of times you have different levels of awareness of things as you contemplate something, and I'm curious how this relates to your intuition. So artists will really dig the metaphor of layering. And I think that's where I may have gotten it from, um, a client who was also an artist. But the way I describe intuition always for everyone is that you know what you need to know when you need to know it. If you're actively embracing a more harmonious relationship with your intuition, it will be more common than not that you will get information and you'll be able to tell oh yeah you know what this is my intuition talking to me that's where the challenge often begins for a lot of people though because they're like what does this mean and it comes through as i said in layers so if you think about it like a sketch of just a pen and paper sketch the first bits of information, you might not really understand all the nuances and it may not even look realistic or anything that you could recognize. So it's like, what, what does this mean? Now, there's another issue here, which is that we tend to interpret everything that our intuition tells us as bad, right? And we overreact immediately. We also tend to interpret our intuition as something that we should be afraid of, right? We talked about that last episode, that our intuition is not lurking around every corner waiting to jump and scare us. And not everything that our intuition tells us is Mm -hmm. about an impending disaster or averting impending disaster. One of the reasons why we think that is because we have so little experience actually communicating with our intuition and listening to it Mm -hmm. is that we only really get the big messages, the watch out, right? Messages. Or we only turn to it when we're desperate. So that's where that comes from. But if you you go back to your sketch pad, the first bits of information are going to be just a very simple drawing. You may not understand the complete picture. Mm -hmm. The next time your intuition talks about it, it might add some watercolors or some other kind of color medium, right? Pick your favorite, pastels, oils, whatever you like to do. And then more detail will come, and then more detail and more detail. And if you are able to stay calm and stay open, eventually you're going to get the complete picture. Now, this is very hard to do, especially because we're personally invested in our lives. Mm -hmm. So it's really important that you trust that the information that you're getting is for good. Not because, you know, again, that disaster is looming. Mm -hmm. And you'll get that picture filled in quicker if you take that. If you are able to go, well, this is interesting, instead of, oh, my God, what does this mean? Mm -hmm. It's also important, conversely, not to bat it off either and to say, well, that's ridiculous. It's just nonsense. It's my imagination. I don't even know what this is. Because then it has to speak louder to talk to you. So... I'm having a question that's coming into my head as you're, as you're talking about this, I'm feeling like this is going to require a certain level of patience and trust. If you're 
waiting for these layers to fill in? And, and how do you go about cultivating that? Yes, you're absolutely right. Some of it is built on experience. When you've had a couple of these experiences, you know, okay, all I have to do is hold tight. One of the funnest stories that I tell people is from early on in my career. I was doing a session with a woman and, you know, in the beginning, I hadn't had many people react to the stuff that I was telling them. But I mentioned to her that I felt like she would be buying a house in the next couple months and she started shaking her head at me. So that's kind of intimidating, right? <laughs> I was like very nervous all of a sudden and I backed up off of it. Now this is over 30 years ago. So I've learned my lesson with that because over the years, the amount of email and calls that I get from people who tell me, as this woman did, you might not remember me, but you told me this thing and I thought you were wrong. And so she called me and basically said that her, her brother and his fiance wanted to know if she would go in with them on a house purchase. And she did. And I don't know if the reason why she did it was because she had had that information come through in a reading, so she felt it was significant and trustworthy, or whether it was just, just too good of a deal to pass up. But it ended up being a lifelong blessing because she was close with her nieces and nephews. And when it was time for her brother and his then wife, to move on she was able to buy the house you know buy their portion back and it ended up being a great financial investment and mm -hmm. i think from my perspective it's easier to encourage y'all to trust because i have so many stories of information that came through and was either rejected or you know given a certain amount of side eye but in the end, what I know is that if your intuition is talking to you, it's because it's significant, it's important. Mm -hmm. So the other thing I was thinking as you're talking is receiving, you know, intuition in this layering effect and kind of building upon, you know, a little piece to a bigger piece. I wonder if that's also a way for us to to digest the information that is coming our way so that we're better able to accept it and put it into context instead of getting everything all at once. I agree. I think that's part of it too, especially on the big stuff of our lives. Yeah. Remember last week we were talking about my client who's was in the great relationship and mm -hmm. you know she got the information about the job and it really upset her. That's a really actually good example of not waiting for the layers to manifest, mm -hmm. right? Because it turned out that it was a fabulous opportunity for everyone. And I think that we just have to have a few of those under our belt mm -hmm. you know, to know that if I'm getting a nudge from my intuition, it's for the greatest good for the highest number of people and that it's okay to listen to it. So I think like my takeaway listening to this is just sort of stay calm, stay in the moment. And uh, what did I write down here? Hold tight and wait if it's not making sense because another layer will come along and it will start to take shape. It's like, you know, looking at, you know, a puzzle or something that's coming into focus. You might not see the big picture at first, but as you add a few more pieces, all of a sudden you can see the picture. I knew you were going to bring up puzzles. I just knew it. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I just couldn't hold back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I also love 
that literally a week before you became completely obsessed with puzzles, you said out loud, you know, that's the one pandemic activity I really haven't felt drawn to. Yeah. And then it just took on a life of its own. And now I'm like a puzzling mad woman. I have a whole like column or blog piece or something in my head about how doing puzzles is actually really good training for listening to your intuition. And a lot of it has to do with trusting because your, your brain is taking in information on the shape and color of pieces mm -hmm. while you're busy using another part of your brain more logically. And that is exactly how intuition tends to work. It collects information and then is able to reference it back to you in ways that feel kind of miraculous. Mm -hmm. And it is. You know, let's just say it, it really is. And there is a lot of stuff that isn't necessarily conscious or filtered or trackable mm -hmm. that our intuition pulls from. However, having said all of that, we talked about, you know, the fog can sometimes be a protectant. Mm -hmm. That you don't always want all the information all at once. That can be really difficult and a, and a burden to carry. You know, I've talked about this. A more serious example was when my husband was diagnosed with cancer. I knew that he was going to die. Now, this was probably the worst part of his illness from many different perspectives because I, I just felt like the angel of death. Mm. You know, I, I kept trying to get him access to palliative care and I was, you know, two or three steps ahead of everybody, yeah. which in the end was really good for his care. Mm -hmm. But nobody around him, close to him, could carry that information. Mm -hmm. It did me and our family a lot of good for me to be the person to know that because I had had some hospice training and I was able to, you know, do my best to make his transition as smooth as possible. But can you imagine? Like, I just felt like people thought that I wanted him to die. Yeah. You know, and I didn't talk about it very much, but that is something that came completely, fully formed, unbidden. And I want to tell our listeners, don't worry, 99.9% .9 of the things that your intuition is going to tell you is going to be not on this level. I got that because I'm an intuitive and it has been my life's work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But sometimes there are things that we know and we know right away. And unless you have the emotional constructs already built into your brain and you've done the work and you have enough experience, you're not going to get stuff like that. Yeah. And in this case, it was helpful, mm -hmm. but it was also very difficult. Yeah. That's a lot to carry. Yeah. So you can see we're layering. Mm hmm is actually, in some ways, gentler. Yeah, absolutely. The kind of cancer he had was extremely rare and aggressive, so there wasn't time. And I, I look back and think, that's probably why mm -hmm. they let me know immediately, like, this is what we're dealing with. Well, I'm going to think a lot about this layering effect. I'm thinking, especially as I'm doing a writing project, I think there's, for me, this comes into play, thinking about plot points and how different things are going to work out. And... I keep having like a deepening awareness of how something is going to work in, in different layers. 
Can I say one more thing about that too? Where the layering effect is extremely helpful is, as you said, in creative projects, but it's also really helpful in making decisions. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and many people right now in this pandemic world are getting lots and lots of information about things that they would like to change, either once this is all over or things that they feel compelled to change in their lives immediately or they're having change forced upon them. Mm -hmm. But in making the decisions that lead up to changes in our lives, new jobs, new relationships, moving, getting a dog, like there's all different layers of that. Layering is of intuition is a really helpful tool because even though you can start with a gut sense of where you think you're headed, as the specific details start to come in intuitively, it can help reinforce what you're already feeling. Because I, I do feel like a lot of people are making, I mean, myself included, we're all sort of shifting our lifestyle. And I think some of these shifts, especially for me, are here to stay. We skimmed a lot off the top last year. You know, no more high heels, no more uncomfortable clothes. I can't be one more day without getting a dog. I'm never commuting down to Boston again. But the changes of 2021, these are ones that have been building for a while and they definitely need more time to surface. We're gonna move on to our new segment, Ask the Intuitive. And we have a fun question this week. I know Susan is excited for yes, this one. It comes from our faithful listener, Claire. <laughs> and I don't know if I wrote the question down wrong or if there's more to it. The question was, can your intuition help you avoid crime? And that gives me a lot of questions. <laughs> so my first response to this was, is she trying to avoid being the criminal or having the criminal affect her life? Like which part of the avoiding crime is she approaching it? So Claire, we know you and we love you. And we're going to go with that you want to use your intuition to avoid dangerous criminals and that you're not, you know, planning some nefarious things and, you know, are up to no good. <laughs> Well, I, I can say, I think I have used my intuition in my past life as a private investigator to avoid dangerous criminals and crime uh, many times. So I'm, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, Susan. So unequivocally, yes, it can, it can help you with that. And there's a man named Gavin DeBecker, and I believe his academic credentials are that he's a sociologist, but he's also a security specialist. And he wrote a book. He wrote a couple of books. He wrote a book called The Gift of Fear and another book called Protecting the Gift. And basically, he debunked a lot of myths about how to keep the people that you love, especially your children, safe. Like, you know, stranger danger really isn't a thing. And the way that we talk about public abductions of children and things like that, I mean, that those are very, very scary, right? But he said that the percentage of people that might be there trying to harm you or your children are much closer by, things like that. So anyway, he takes you through this statistical kind of journey and he talks a lot about how to keep yourself safe. But very quickly, what I realized in this book is that it's actually a primer for how to listen to your gut and with regard to your safety. 
And it's really exciting. And the other point that he makes over and over again is that especially for women, as soon as we become teenagers, basically, early or our early teens, and of course for some women and girls, you know, we are objectified and sexualized much, much earlier. But as soon as we become noticed in that way and objectified, we lose the ability to listen to that instinct. Oh. We often become concerned with pleasing the people around us. I'm not saying that this is a choice that is conscious, right? I also think that it's a very tricky walk that most women would identify with, right? Is to be yeah. authentic, but not too authentic because you don't want to be bitchy or you know, make anybody else uncomfortable. So basically what he's saying is if you are a parent, you have everything that you need to protect yourself and your child, but you need to listen to your instincts. And he talks about these, he gives these examples that are amazing where women who were accosted are then being questioned by the police afterwards just to get like the details of what happened mm -hmm. and they don't even remember taking their keys and like you know jamming them in some guy's eyes or mm -hmm. like it's so instinctual the understanding that we have on a very primal animal basis of being able to perceive whether someone is safe or not mm -hmm. or up to no good and these stories were you know, so interesting to me because what they talk about is how these women were protecting their children and they didn't even realize they were doing it, mm -hmm. right? It was just happening before they realized what was going on, so much so that they oftentimes didn't even remember it. Wow. So what he's basically encouraging, women especially, because it gets socialized out of us, is that you know when mm -hmm. you're in danger. Yeah, you absolutely do know and that society will do its best to try to convince you that you're making too big a deal of it or you're wrong or, you know, all of that stuff and all of that BS that we have to go through. But you need to trust your instincts. I probably stood up and applauded reading this book over and over again because I had never heard someone approach intuition using that language right? And mm -hmm. it's the same exact thing. So let me just clarify one thing. I just spent many minutes telling you all that your intuition is not waiting to scare you, okay? Mm -hmm. It isn't. Because when these messages and these instincts come through, the one thing that these people reported was being absolutely calm. Yeah. And that is how intuition operates. Afterwards, we might realize that we were terrified or that stuff, but your intuition will override that emotional system mm -hmm. to give you the information that you need. And that's oftentimes how we disregard it too. If we get a funny feeling about someone that we're just meeting, let's say, it, it can be mm -hmm. in any situation, social, professional, whatever. Whenever we get that feeling of, hmm, I gotta keep, uh, you know, I need to watch my back around this person, right? It can often be the calmness that is not so great because what we end up thinking is that, well, I'm making too big a deal out of this, right? Mm -hmm. 
we put way too much stock into the information that we process fearfully because our society is completely tanked out on fear anyway, but it's actually not the best source of information. Hmm. So your intuition is going to give you the information when you can actually take it in, and it's up to you to decide whether you're going to listen to it or not. But it has your back all the time. Mm -hmm. So I have to just tell you quickly, I think this is a funny story that totally relates to this. So, and it's like that you get that funny feeling about someone and then you're like, was I overreacting? So I was in the dollar store a few years ago and this guy just started, I mean, this happens to me a lot. People just start talking to me when I'm in stores because I look approachable and, and he was talking away and he was telling me all this, like he was going to do some sort of newspaper thing. And I was like, something seems really like, I just was like, I got to get away from this guy, but he gave me his business card and the next thing I, and, and like short time later, I ended up meeting this other woman and she's like, I think I might've put something on Facebook about it. And she's like, you know what? I met that same guy in the dollar store one day mm. and he also gave me my card and I put it in the tea container on our counter and told my husband, if I get killed, look to this man. And I was like, okay. So we both knew, but it was like this after the fact thing where I was like, was I overreacting? I'm like, no, because someone else had the exact same feeling about this guy. And uh, it was just one of those moments where you came away knowing, yeah, get out of this situation. Get out of this situation now. Right. And what do we do with that information? We think, oh, my God, you, you're overreacting. You know, he might be a little strange, but he's harmless. Uh, you know, but she, that woman... She listened. Yeah. She listened afterwards and thought, what was I doing? I did not feel good around this person. There is no harm, no foul with erring on the side of trusting your intuition as the default. If information comes to you later that makes you feel like, well, maybe I was a little bit harsh on that person, mm -hmm. you can correct, but I will tell you, Unequivocally, 100% of the time, I have, my first impressions about someone have never been wrong, ever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And later, I might have ignored some of it, right? But doing this work for as long as I have, I've, of course, heard of every single disastrous kind of relationship that you can have, right? Mm -hmm. And most of the people had a feeling that... They shouldn't be with this person, but because they were compelled to learn the lesson of the relationship, perhaps, or for many other reasons, they rationalized it away. Just situation after situation where people said, you know, I knew this, I knew, mm -hmm. but I thought I was being extreme in my thinking. And this is where it gets really horrible if you think about it because people who are up to no good are usually really good at covering that fact. Mm -hmm. And you can see it over time, Yeah. but an intuitive will know right away that someone is a predator. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I've said many times that, you know, sociopaths and narcissists use their intuition to prey on people. Fortunately, they are few and far between. I mean, they do get around. But the good news is you can use your intuition 
to be able to look behind the mask. Wow. Well, on that note, geez, this is like a dark turn to our everyday intuition, but I think it's a helpful turn. <laughs> this is like a crossover episode. <laughs> That's right. You're on a, okay. So you're on a um, true crime podcast. Part of our friendship developed because of my obsession with true crime. So it was going to happen at some point, right? Yeah. The crossover there. Thank you, Claire, for sending this in. And um, we know you're not a criminal. We know you're a good cat person. So that right there means my intuition tells me you're a good person. So there you go. So if you want to send in a question, send your questions in and we might answer it on a future episode. Yes, we're having um, a lot of fun answering the questions that you really want to know about. So don't hold back, you know, ask what you really want to know. Well, Susan, this has been another fun episode and enlightening episode of Everyday Intuition. And uh, hopefully by next time I see some new birds at my feeders and not just squirrels. But in the meantime, I will live vicariously through you and your bird watching. <laughs> and hopefully the mutant squirrels aren't also sociopaths. They might be. And that's going to wrap up this episode of Everyday Intuition with Susan Gorman and her guest intuitive and training. Yes, that's me, Lara Bricker. If you'd like to connect with Susan, you can find her on social media at Susan Gorman Intuitive, or you can send an email to Susan at SusanGorman.net. And you can use either of those places to send in a question for our new Ask the Intuitive segment. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter or every week on the podcast, Crime Writers On. And we hope you'll tune in again next time to this podcast for even more insight into tapping into your own everyday intuition.